news and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here this morning. Um, as we are sprinting toward, and it feels like a full sprint, sprinting toward the November elections, a lot of big races here in Arizona, none bigger than who will be our next chief executive. Uh, c- candidates for governor last night had a forum, uh, was not a debate, and joining us right now is a Republican candidate for governor, Carrie Lake. Carrie, welcome back. Thanks for having me. I wish it would have been a debate. I want a debate, and I think the people of Arizona deserve a debate. But unfortunately, my Democrat opponent is afraid, and she doesn't want to put her ideas out there and defend her ideas and defend her uh, basically a voting record when she was in the legislature, which is quite dismal. And so that's the uh, that's what I talked about earlier this morning uh, about what happened yesterday. Is I think the people of Arizona want not only want to hear where you and where she stands on issues, but how you plan on accomplishing the things that you say you want to accomplish. A little bit of pushback and a little bit more of a deeper conversation about what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. Yeah, but how do you have that when when she's um, cowardice and won't won't show up? You know, we've done this debate with the clean elections people, Mike, for more than 20 years now. Every other candidate has finally come around, even though the Democrats were all kind of nervous going into this. Every other candidate in every other position and every other office is coming around and they're going to do the debate except for Hobbs. That is uh, that's a red flag. Why won't she debate? Why can't if she can't stand up and debate and tell us what she wants to do for Arizona, if she's afraid of me, then she's not going to be able to take on the cartels and all of the other uh, basically uh, you know difficult tasks we have at hand. She's not going to have the, the energy, stamina and willingness to do it. Uh, let's talk about some of the things that were discussed last night about you made a comment last night about wanting to get out of the way of business. What did you mean by that statement? What do you think Arizona needs to do to be even better and more business friendly? Well, I think uh, Arizona has been a very business friendly state. But what happened during COVID was outrageous. We need to make sure we never, ever do anything like that again. The onerous regulations, the onerous uh, shutdowns and um, demands and mandates that were put on our businesses, it, it, it actually killed business, Mike. A lot of people who had small businesses, they succumbed to the pressure and they couldn't stay open. They tried and tried and tried, but two shutdowns were just deadly for them. So I am vowing as governor to never do that. We will never shut our state down again. The government should never tell you to shut your business business down like they did. And I want to make sure that we are a, a, a great a great place when it comes to taxes for for business and for individuals. We need to be reducing our taxes, not raising them. And with Katie Hobbs, you're going to get somebody who will raise taxes despite what she said last night because she's never met a tax increase she doesn't love. And so we need to make sure as these other blue states are raising taxes right now because they've our tax and spend liberals running those states, we don't do that. It is the surest way to kill business and to kill your economy. And we're going into a recession. And so we need to make sure we do everything we can to um, make sure our businesses are able to weather that storm and our um, individuals and citizens are, are able to weather that. So I want to lower taxes, frankly, sales tax, property tax. 
I want to get rid of, eventually get rid of the income tax if we can do that. I haven't made that promise because I don't want to make a promise that I can't keep, but I want to get it down to as close to zero as possible so we can compete with some of these other states. So let's talk about an issue. Last time we talked on the show, you brought this up and said one of the biggest issues, and it may become the biggest issue Arizona is going to be facing, is water. What needs to happen? Well, we need to look at short-term, medium-term, and long-term. And I think we talked about this um, quite extensively when I was on the show last time. Yes. I was just down in Yuma. And, and you know, Yuma grows pretty much all the produce for America in the winter months. We, Yuma feeds this country. And so our water issues here in Arizona are really a national concern. We just uh, got beat up by California. They're taking our water. And we need a governor who's going to fight for every damn drop of water we've got. And I'm going to do that. But we can't keep regulating ourselves out of this drought. We have to look at bringing water into Arizona. And that's what I want to do. Starting on day one, Arizona is going to lead the charge and we'll work with other states, like-minded states, to bring water into the Southwest. We want to bring water. I think the best plan would be piping it in from the Missouri River Basin or the Mississippi River Basin. We have a right-of-way across this country. If we can put railroads across the country and we can uh, pipe oil, then we can certainly pipe water. And let's fill up Lake Mead and let's deal with the water issues so that we don't have to keep kicking the can down the, uh, you know, down the road and having these problems for years and years to come. But we need to have leadership. Stop with the meetings and start with the action. And that's what I plan to do. And another big topic, just in recent days, a report came out saying that there has been modest improvement in education in grades three through eight in Arizona, although the vast majority, well over half of students between third and eighth grade are still not reading at grade level and not performing math skills at grade level. I think that is going to be a crisis that hits us, you know, 10, 15 years from now. What can we do to immediately start seeing those scores go up and influence kids in the right way when it comes to education? Well, for starters, let's start just teaching the basics. Get all this CRT garbage out. Get all of this Marxism they're teaching in schools out. And let's concentrate on getting our kids ready with the basics, reading, writing, and arithmetic. And we did a huge disservice to our children by masking them up for two years, um, putting them on Zoom classes. And we're going to be dealing with the consequences of that for a long time. But if we start to sift out the nonsense we're teaching them and get rid of it and really focus on on working with reading skills, math skills, science and all of that, then I think we can make up that that uh, ground that we lost during COVID. I think it's actually um, really dangerous when we have third graders who can't read that we're moving them into fourth grade. I think we have to seriously look at why are we allowing a student who's not reading at third grade level to advance to fourth grade? Reading is the foundation for all learning. And if we're at We've got to catch it when they're young in third grade. We can't wait and catch it when they're in 11th grade. It's too late. And they're not going to learn properly if they don't have that basic reading. We need to concentrate on making sure all of our students can read at the third grade level while they're in the third grade so that they have that foundation for learning beyond third grade. And if that means we hold kids back who can't and really concentrate and focus on teaching them to read, I think we need to consider that. We really need to consider that it is uh, a disservice to children to move them forward when they're not reading at the proper level. 
Additionally, I think we need to look at our high school. And I, I've told you this before, our dual track education plan, where after 10th grade, you decide if you want to take the college route or if you want to do a trade the trades and you want to do vocational training and if you want to do career certification so that right there in high school you're getting job training to go out into the real world and make real money in jobs that are actually paying quite well. So before I let you go, tomorrow we're going to be talking a lot about 9-11 because that's obviously this weekend. And I don't think you and I have ever talked about this privately or on the air. Uh, a memory from 9-11 because in your, in your prior career, this had to be something that was hard for you to cover. Oh, man. You just, I, I get a lump in my throat when I, I think about that day, shiver down my spine. Um, you know, I was on the air for, I think, 12 hours straight that day, covering what happened to our country. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I choose to remember the acts of, uh, the heroic acts that came out of that day and that time in our country. You know, I, I think of the firefighters running into the buildings, and I think of the lives lost, but then I think of the construction workers who work to clear the rubble and, and rebuild. And I think about the, the police and the everyday people who jumped in. It wasn't political. They, when they were helping their fellow citizens, they didn't ask what party they were in. They didn't ask about their politics. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, the way people helped one another and came together. And I, I really hope we get back to that spirit. That's what I choose to remember about 9-11, were the acts of heroism that we saw all right carrie the website if people want to learn more about the campaign thank you uh carrylake.com k-a-r-i-l-a-k-e.com i encourage people to go there and check out my issues page i lay out my plans for arizona my vision for arizona in detail and i believe that i have the best policy really of any candidate across the country uh and i'm not being boastful we've put a lot of work into um looking at common sense solutions for the problems we've been facing for far too long. I'm not in this to be a politician. I don't have a big polit any political aspirations. I just want to get in and get the job done for Arizona because I love this state so much. Kerry, thank you as always. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you, Mike. Bye-bye. All right, bye. That's Kerry Lake joining us for a few minutes. Uh, make sure you're an informed voter. Coming up in a moment, we do. Did you hear this? So stick around for it. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Very busy news day. Let's get busy. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. Katie Hobbs and Carrie Lake were interviewed in a governor's forum last night, but Lake says she's still willing to debate her. Just for the record, I'm ready to do a debate with her any day, any time. She can pick the moderator. She can write the questions. But we must appear on stage together so that the people of Arizona can hear what policies we have. Will we get a debate between our gubernatorial candidates? I'll be honest. I really think we will. I think that the pressure will be out there that it doesn't matter what the message is from Katie Hobbs without the debate. If that question continues to follow her around, if independent voters are not listening to her message because they want an answer to the debate question, I think eventually she will. So if I had to bet right now, I would say probably I'm leaning yes. Queen Elizabeth II passed away this morning as the longest reigning monarch in British history. Elizabeth has very much been a symbol of stability in Britain 
Pacts that negotiated the end of empire, the dawn of the information age, and the mass migration that transformed the country into a multicultural society. The change is immense, and she rolled with every twist and turn. What kind of legacy does she leave behind? I think it was just wrapped up right there. She was described as the grandmother to the nation, to the world, and I think that she, her, her longevity will be a part of the story, but I think the way that she was able to navigate all of those things that happened is what her true legacy will be, that she was the true, not only a, a monarch that people looked up to, but she was also someone who was politically savvy and able to navigate those things and keep her country afloat and keep the world around her afloat. I think that's a great legacy for her as well. You are listening to Did You Hear This? To get you caught up on the headlines of the day. New jobless claims came out today, and they were better than expected. Economists were expecting about 240,000 new applications for jobless benefits, but the number has come in at 222,000 for the week ending September 3rd. Mass layoffs remain rare in U.S. companies, which still have two jobs available for every person looking for work. Does this make you feel better about our economy? Uh, Not better about the economy, but I'm glad that the job market is still strong. The biggest fear in a recession is layoffs, and as long as we're still hiring, it is a bright spot in our economy, and that is a good thing. It is the one shining, you know, the one silver lining right now. Let's hope it stays that way because it would be very bad with the other parts of our economy. So giving credit where credit's due and thank God that it is strong as it is. All right, that's Did You Hear This? We'll do it again tomorrow to close out our week. And don't forget, tomorrow is our 9-11 commemoration show where we are going to be talking about uh, 9-11 with some people that were there, with some people that were there in the aftermath, and some people that were there in the rebuilding of New York and the fire department and police departments after that. So tomorrow will be a an emotional show and a walk down memory lane, but one that I think the country, it's necessary that they do that. So that's all coming up here. And coming up in just a few moments, Gordon James and Reflections on the Queen coming up next. and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. The news heard around the world, Queen Elizabeth II has passed away. She has been, she had came to the throne in 1952. That is a, the longest run, the longest time for a monarch in the history of Great Britain. She will be remembered in her nation, but around the world as well. Joining us right now is Gordon James from Gordon C. James Public Relations. Uh, Gordon, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for having me. Um, I know that you, and so people know the connection. You worked for uh, both President Bushes, 41 and 43, but you have a connection. You've been to the palace. You've met with the queen. Can you give us some reflection on this? Well, I had several opportunities to be with the queen, and um, my most infamous time was when she, we hosted her at a state visit. She came to the United States, and as you know, that's a big deal. And uh, this was uh, the event. The first event was a reception on the South Lawn of the White House. And uh, it was my responsibility to put this all together. And um, it was a semi-disaster. <laughs> what happened? Well, as you know, President Bush is uh, President Bush Senior was six two, and his podium is built for him, custom built for his size. And normally he speaks last; he's introduced and speaks last. But on a state visit, he speaks first and introduces his guest. So he stepped.
step to the podium and introduce the queen, welcome her to the United States. And there's a little tray that you can pull out for people of normal height to stand on so that you can be seen behind the podium. Well, the tray was not pulled out and the queen promptly disappeared behind the podium and all you could see was her white gloves and her talking and her hat. Is and that the tabloids had a ball with this? They called it the talking hat. Is that the is that the picture that you posted? That is. That's incredible. I didn't know that story. Well, I took the blame, but uh, Ambassador Werner Reed, who was the direct, who was the head of protocol at the State Department, protected me all these years. And then after he passed away in his obituary, there was a quote from him saying, "What was your worst day at the White House?" And it was the day the Queen disappeared. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Did you have much of an interaction with her at all? Oh yes, and she, she was delightful. She was a good sport. The next day, she gave a joint address to Congress, and she said, "I hope you can see more than my hat." Oh, <laughs> so she, she's a very. She was a very good sport. So she took a shot at you too. <laughs> yep, she took a shot at me. Too. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, you've worked for so long with the Bush family, and you and I have talked about this on the air and the off the air. You know so much about the history of America and the world too, just because of your connection to those former presidents. And and when when forty one was vice president to Reagan, but the to have her been on the throne since nineteen fifty two, the enormity of what she has seen in changes in political leaders is overwhelming. It, it really is amazing um, to to even think of somebody who would serve in any position for that length of time. Uh, she's she's been through every kind of catastrophe, every kind of good day, every kind of bad day that England's ever had and the world's ever had. And um, she's done. I thought I thought she just did a terrific job, and um, her legacy will stand for a long time. Yeah, I, I and for a world leader for uh, as she is to be admired around the world i think it, if not admired certainly respected around the world but her people the 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 british people love her for sure um uh, and they are very protective of of her and the, and the monarchy i mean it's really a throwback um mm. who needs it really yeah but uh, they they respected and um, um, I think it will continue on under um, Prince Charles for many decades to come. When you were you had a chance to visit the palace though as well, right? I will tell you um, that was an interesting experience. Um, uh, President Bush Senior uh, was um, on a trip to London, of course, as Queen, as she did for umpteen presidents, hosted a luncheon for him and Mrs. Bush. And when I got there, I was doing the advance for it, and I introduced myself to my counterpart at the palace, and he asked me how many people would be in in my party, our party, and I started to list off that there would be the president and Mrs. Bush and his personal aide and White House communications and his doctor and the Secret Service and White House communications. And he said, no, 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 Mr. James, there'll be two in your party. I said, yeah, but I have to have it. But we, he says, no, 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 there'll be two, the president <laughs> and Mrs. Bush. I went, gotcha. And uh, we were relegated to the basement where we had our lunch. Well, it's still got to be kind of cool to have lunch at the palace. 
it was way cool. <laughs> we had a ball. That's incredible. So uh, when when things like this happen, you and I have talked when when, uh, when President Bush passed away, when President Reagan passed away, the significance for us as Americans and for you having known them. Um, but to reflect on this, as, as you, you know, being around world leaders, what were your first thoughts of reflection when you heard the news today? interesting because, um, you know, we, she just celebrated her 70th um, anniversary as queen, and I was refl- thinking about her then, and then two days ago, uh, she introduced her. She was the new prime minister of Great Britain, was introduced to her, and I reflect. I was looking at the pictures, and I said, my gosh, she is shrunk. She is just a teeny little person, and, and I knew that... Um, the time was near, probably. Um, I didn't know it was going to be 48 hours later, but it made me it made me sad, and um, I'm, I feel blessed to have been had the opportunities I had to be with her. I uh, I have to tell you, I'm always in awe when I talk to you. Well, we've known each other for a long time, but it, it seems like I learn something new from you that's amazing every time we talk. And I'll be honest, I don't know a lot about the monarchy like most Americans don't. And to have you and your wealth of knowledge in, in what happens around the world, but specific personal relationships and interactions, uh, I can't thank you enough for sharing them today. Mike, for giving me the opportunity. All right. Thank you so much. That is uh, Gordon James from Gordon C. James Public Relations. Uh, just really great people. And uh, to to go into to their offices with him and his wife, Lisa, and they have got such a great staff. And But to walk around his office is like walking through world history, especially American history, 20th century American history, 21st century American history. Um, it is uh, His office could be a museum in that regard. It's really some of the most amazing. Uh, and it's not just like he's a collector of things. These are places he's been in, situations he's lived in, and and, uh, and so I, I just love talking with the James. I, they're, they're, him and his wife Lisa are just uh, uh, two of my favorite people. I'm so glad they're in the Valley. They are just such a wealth of information and uh, and uh, have been involved in so many great things around the world, and I appreciate the stories about the Queen. This is one that will the world will mourn this loss for a long time, 70 years on the throne. That means the majority of people in Great Britain, the vast majority of great people in Great Britain, don't know anybody else on that throne in their lifetime. That's an amazing statistic for a world leader. Uh, What we're going to do before we close this out. We're going to shift uh, gears a little bit. We're going to talk about what's happening here in Phoenix. I talked about this earlier, the huge jump in in evictions that has happened. We've had a 13-year high. How this is affecting, how this economy is affecting the average person, and what will eventually lead us out of it. All that's coming up here in just a couple of moments. values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Win tickets to see the Dave Matthews Band playing at Auction Pavilion on September 14th. Just head over to the contest page at KTAR.com for complete details and your chance to win. Uh, before we close it out, obviously the big news of the day is the passing of the Queens, 70 years, more than 70 years on the throne. Um, it is an incredible uh, time in world history, and uh, so that is going to be the big news story. So keep it locked here to KTAR and go to KTAR.com. If you haven't downloaded the news app, do it because when breaking news happens, you'll be notified on your device. If it's happening on the air, you can listen on your device. If it's on the website, you'll be directed with a link. It's just the best news app out there is what I use. Um, 
So the Metro Phoenix evictions hit 13-year high on the heels of two deadly constable shootings. So the context of the story is rising emotion that's happening because people are losing their homes. It's threatening the lives of law enforcement. Now, this is something that hits close to home for me because my sister-in-law in in southwest Florida is a sheriff's deputy, and she has taken on the role of doing this right here. Um, She does this. She serves eviction notices in my hometown. Um, So, you know, when these stories happen, that part of it's very scary to me. But looking at the uh, what's happening to people, we, it, we it's a it's a weird mixture if you think about it, because we still see the job numbers are very good. Uh, there have been uh, the better now than they was expected. Although we are seeing such high inflation. Uh, we also have what's called the Great Resignation. People are leaving their jobs and they're doing other things. And um, so. Why is it that people are losing their homes? What is leading to this? But more than that, I have to tell you that there is nothing worse. Or the only thing worse than being in a bad situation is feeling like there is no way out. That for me is a big issue. When you feel as if there is no way out of a bad situation, uh, feeling like you are going to be overwhelmed. I've been in that situation myself. I was very, very fortunate to be able to get out of it. It took a long, long time. But when you see hope, the bad situation now becomes a challenge instead of a, a death sentence. And I'm talking financially. And what are we doing? I, 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 I kind of put together two things we've talked about today, and one of them is education. Um, we get involved in the politics of education, and it's an immediate uh, – and it should be. It's going to be a battle of ideology. The biggest issue for me with education is the fact that education is opportunity. Period. End of story. And education is an opportunity. And you have to be prepared when an opportunity comes your way. It doesn't matter how talented you are. Um, if you do, if you're not educated, if you don't have the ability to learn, uh, you're in big trouble. And and this is what my biggest concern is for what we are doing as a society. While we are wrestling with phrases like critical race theory or social emotional learning or uh, DEI, diversity, equity and inclusion, while we wrestle with this stuff, we're not learning to read or teaching children to read. We're not teaching them the importance of reading. You understand uh, from, I don't know what kind of a kid you were. I know what kind of a kid I was. I was confused. I was angry. I was a loner. Um, I didn't care. I just figured I was going to live forever, that making 300 bucks a week at 15 years old, I had the world by the tail, and I was rich. I could do whatever I wanted. Um, and when I finally got a little bit, uh, a little bit of maturity under my belt, when I finally was out there and saw what the world was really like, I was thankful years later of my basic education and my ability to learn. And I, I think when you, and I'm not saying the people that are getting evicted are uneducated. I'm saying this is a warning sign. Because for everybody right now that's under these eviction notices, it's an overwhelming experience of I'm not going to have a roof over my head or worse yet, I've got children that won't have a roof over their heads. That's a nightmare for any parent. Not seeing a way out is what's worse. If you know, all right, this is going to be really bad, but we're going to get through it. If you've got hope, how do we give people hope? We give them an opportunity. We help them. We, you know, we have these safety net programs so they don't fall through the cracks. 
but and we do these things because they're necessary in our community but it's not enabling people to not do anything and i'm not most people want to be on their own and they want to be self-sufficient it's giving them an option to climb in a different direction or giving them the time that's necessary to dig themselves out of a bad situation but imagine for everyone out there that's taking advantage of an opportunity Imagine having the opportunity of a lifetime present itself to you, and you're not prepared to take advantage of it. Imagine that. Imagine if I, at 18 years old, had taken a job as, a, as an apprentice electrician or, at the time, a helper. I wasn't even an apprentice yet, and I couldn't read. Or my math skills were so poor I couldn't learn the calculations. When I was given an opportunity, and this to me was an opportunity of a lifetime, I worked for a guy that wanted everyone that worked for him to be a journeyman electrician. So he said, I'm going to pay for your schooling, your class that you have to take for the journeyman's exam, and I'm going to pay for your first exam. And he said this to everybody in the company. And the only caveat is if you take me up on this offer, if you fail the test, you have to take it at your own expense every time it's available until you pass. I'm the only guy in the company that passed on the first try. The only one. And I would have never been able to do that if I didn't have the basic math skills, if I didn't have the reading skills, if I didn't have the skills that were given to me as a young child, that when something finally clicked and it was important for me, I took advantage of the opportunity. That's life. And we are failing so many people by not making sure they're prepared for when opportunity knocks. And I hope as a society, all of us on every side of this issue gets together with that in mind. That 15 years from now, those elementary school kids aren't looking at us and saying, how could you do this to me? I can't read. I can't do math. That should scare us all. All right, keep it locked to KTAR all day long for updates on the the international story of the passing of the Queen. Uh, It will be on all day long with new updates that follow. We'll be back tomorrow morning beginning at around 8 a.m. I hope you can join us for part of your day. Until then, have a great one. God bless.